right, hello everyone and welcome to episode two, two of, about said the Tuesday special, Take It Home, the interactive wrestling podcast. Uh, internet is a little sketchy if you're watching this live, so if the video quality is terrible, I apologize. I'm still listening. I'm still talking. Uh, luckily, I filmed this with other cameras and, oh, there it goes. It cleared up a little bit. Okay. So welcome. I'm a little bit more prepared, and I want to give a shout-out to the one and only, most of you know him, who listen, and that is Brad Wilson. He is now officially my producer for this show, so if it sucks, it's all on him. I, I know I can talk. I'm okay at it. I can talk a lot about professional wrestling, but uh, yeah, if the topic sucks, it's on him because I'm giving him full credit. If, if it's amazing, if, if everything works out, it's not a cluster like the first episode was then awesome. Uh, if it's, uh, if it is a cluster, then it's on me because Brad did his homework and he sent me all of the topics and I got some good ones. Not to mention, you can hit up, hit me up with any topics you like throughout this show. Uh, for those listening to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast, uh, well, you can catch this every other well, this is a Monday taping just because of everything that's going on in the world. And if you want to hear my thoughts on that, I've fully promoted it on uh, the Tuesday special podcast, my personal podcast, and the Wrestling Open Forum show that just aired at 12 o'clock today. And that's a free episode we put up on Facebook because our pivot share that is associated with our our pivot share that's associated with our uh, Wrestling Open Forum that goes to High Spots Wrestling Network uh, is messing up. So we, instead of holding it off even longer... Uh, we decided to go ahead and throw it up for free on Facebook. So you can check it out right now. Like, you can check it out right now after you finish this. Uh, one second. Let me do one thing that I forgot to do in my setup. Let me just scoot this through here before my – because, listen, my computer dies. We're all, we're all done on this thing. Okay. Bear with me, bear with me. All right, now we're now we're game. I just realized my computer was at twenty six percent, but uh, yeah, this is right behind me is Brian. Not really. This is uh, I think his name's Joe. It's uh, uh, one of my boys' uh, skeleton that he got that he enjoys and he wanted it to be in the podcast. And who am I to say no? Deserves to be in the podcast. So. Once again, I have uh, about four or five topics that I'm going to shoot at you. I can see your comments up here, and uh, we'll we'll roll with it. So I'll go. I'll shoot through my comments or my topics that Brad sent me, and then after that, I'm taking requests. So you can send at any point in time. I encourage everyone that's watching live. I, I really want this to be an interactive podcast episode because I I do love the interactive nature of going live on social media and being able to have a fun wrestling conversation with people over the internet that I haven't seen in a long time with the exception of Dutch. Uh, yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed the series of supremacy episode one, a lot of hard work went into it. Episode two airs tomorrow. And if you've seen the graphic that we've put out, uh, it is, uh, Montana black versus Cody Fluffman. It's a fun match. It is a very uh, – it was fun because it was the first match we filmed in the day of filming. And uh, I, I guess I guess I'll get into how we how we did all this. Uh, we came up with the with the concept of of doing no like shows for like no fans in, in attendance, so that we could really give the boy give the boys and girls a payday. Unfortunately, uh, we contacted a few of the female stars and none of them were available on that day or felt comfortable with doing the podcast. So we, we unfortunately don't have a female match in the, in the five episodes, but, uh, that was the goal. And, uh, that was, that was what we did. So sorry guys, I'm trying to make sure I keep up with everything. So I got it on three places. All right. So the way we did it was we scheduled an entire day to film in two hour blocks to film uh match first the first hour was for cutscenes, interviews, and matches. 
And so we worked all that out. Then the second hour was for, I'm sorry, the first hour was for cutscenes uh, in, in interviews and anything extra that we needed to do. So like the first hour of the day is when uh, Corky came, shout out to Corky Franks, came and uh, got the drone shots, which we used very, very subtly. And uh, then I think I think the first one was from 8 to 10, 8 to 10, 10 to 12, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. That's no, no details that need to go out. So we, we do all this. Uh, we film all five matches. We started at, we started at like eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, the, the matches started at nine. So we started at eight o'clock in the morning, filmed the entire day, uh, got done. I think we left, me and Brad left the building at 1030 that night. So uh, shout out to, let me, I hope I don't forget anybody. Shout nine. Okay. Thank you, Brad. Nine to 11, 11 to one, one, two, three, three to five, and then five to seven. Um, but, and then we were lazy or not lazy. We just had a lot to do at the first. So we had to stay in and film some stuff at the end, but shout out. Let me see. I don't want to hope I don't miss anybody. All the talent that you see, you know, they, it, it's a hard thing for talent to come. And even, even though you're getting paid, it is a very hard thing to wrestle in front of no one. The bumps hurt worse. Uh, the you you have no crowd to feed off of. You have you have to be in your zone without your natural element. And so, kudos to every episode is is great. Every match is amazing. Every match brings something different to the table. And uh, I'm I'm really uh, I, I am I am going to get to thanking everybody. I'm just making sure I have everybody in my head right. But I uh, I am very proud of what our team created because this is the first time the team that we currently have, this is the first time that we've ever put it to task to film wrestling for production aspect, as opposed to a documenting a live event. If you, if you're in production, you understand what I'm talking about. If not, don't overthink it, just understand it. But, um, but yeah, so let's see, Brad Wilson, Quentin Jordan or Kevin Jordan, uh, Kevin Pierce, Helped out a lot, uh, Brian, of course, for funding it all and and backing my like our idea, my my original idea, and him putting pieces together, and then everybody coming together as a collective team. Tommy Thomas and and uh, Dave were an amazing commentary team. I asked a lot of them. Thank you, Katie Sparks, for coming in and doing uh, ring announcing. Um, yeah. Uh, once again, Corky for coming in and I asked, I put it out there on social media that I wanted uh, some drone shots just to add, add a film element to it. And, uh, it came in, uh, Corky came through and came up and he, that, that drone was I, like, I've, I've sh- seen people shoot with drones before, but I've never like shot with one up close. And that thing is insane. And Corky swears that it you can't break it. I think you can, and I and I'm pretty sure people have before. But uh, yeah, Corky swears by it that you can't break that thing. And he even flew flew it into a chair, and that's another story for another day. So uh, if I missed anybody, I apologize. Uh, it's an amazing array of talent. Uh, I'm super proud of every episode and every uh, every wrestler that came in and and worked for us. And I'm glad we could give them a little bit of money. Uh, during a pandemic and uh yeah it's it's a fun and i encourage everybody to watch it just because it's something different and that's what i wanted to be like brian brian no no offense brian but brian sent me like a laundry list of things we need to fix and add and uh i had to (laughs) he didn't break the chair um but uh a laundry list of things that we need to add and 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 I, I got it. I understood the what he was saying, but it was it made it very typical and very what you'd expect from PWX. And we filmed this with with really we had a hard cam running. I have hard cam footage. I really don't want to use hard cam because I like the aspect of using two ring cams and making it like a fight scene in a movie. And so that that's that's the theory behind the matches. Uh, with, with, uh, Fluffman and Montana, we get a little, little cinematic and it's fun and it's very subtle. Not, it's not like a boneyard match or, a uh, what's it called? Uh, 
Firefly Funhouse match. It's not it's not that ex- to that extent. It's more of a the very the intro and the outro is very uh, using cinematic effects, and it's, it was very fun to do. It was very fun to try to explain to the talent and understand like how we're going to put this together in the back end, and uh, and and kudos once again. I I, I got to give credit where credit is due. Everybody trusted my judgment, trusted what I was what I was what my vision for it. And, uh, yeah, super fun time. Uh, something I'm really proud of. And I think it's, a uh, like we, we, we've always been, this is, this is me tooting the PWX horn from a production aspect, but, uh, we've always been told that our production is well. And, and I take, I don't take credit for that because I have an amazing team that, uh, that allows me to be a producer as opposed to in the past where I had to oversee every aspect of production. And when I have to oversee every aspect of production, it kills any, any flow that I have to get into focusing on what I need to focus on. And that is the look of, of the product, the feel of the product and the the stories and the messages that we're trying to convey through the product, through each show. So once again, I'm not, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it. I encourage everyone. It airs eight o'clock every Tuesday in June, a new episode on PWX. Uh, this, uh, it's not, I think we're putting them on the website after the air, but you can go to the youtube.com backslash PWX pro wrestling. It airs live like a premiere. Uh, it's not live. So I don't know why I said live. It airs like a premiere on, uh, on the YouTube page as well as simultaneously on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com backslash PWX wrestling. So I encourage everybody to check it out. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And we let me jump to these topics. So hit series of supremacy. All right, first topic from uh, Brad himself comes in with the, I think it was two weeks ago on Dynamite, maybe two weeks, I'm pretty sure two weeks. Uh, There was a situation with uh, Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho. And he wanted to know if it was good or bad. And the segment lost viewers... And how do I think it'll affect the company uh, short-term or long-term? I think, uh, let me, I'm trying to, well, I'm not going to tread lightly. I'm just going to give my opinion. So the, and I encourage anybody to give their opinion as well. If you, if you've seen uh, that segment, I know if you watch dynamite uh, live or if you've seen the clip, I think they put the individual clip up on their social media on YouTube and Facebook but uh but yeah the uh man one my one of my criticisms of dynamite has always been that they recycle a lot of things not dynamite I'm sorry AEW is they they recycle uh I I, I was very critical at the beginning because I didn't want them they start they seemed like they were recycling a lot of WCW stuff uh, they and I can't like I mean, pot calling kettle black. The I've we we did war games, and uh, they wanted they they're going to do war games. Uh, that's I mean that's a hot hot topic now, but uh, yeah I don't I think they were trying to recreate the Tyson Austin, uh, ninety ninety seven ninety eight somewhere around there moment uh i do think it fell flat i think that tyson although tyson is a big fan and i think he he believes in his mind he wanted it to be successful so i don't want to put blame on tyson for like saying roughly tyson is the one who messed it up or tyson didn't take it seriously or it was i just think that I, the story goes that the Austin push wasn't planned, and I, if if that's the case, then I think we got real emotion, which you can never beat. You can never beat real emotion in any in any form of entertainment. Uh, if you get real emotion, that's real, and that's what you're trying to convey to the fan base. Uh, yeah, I think this w- felt stage set up. Um, Tyson not being able to tear the shirt really hurt the segment. And um, 
I don't know, man. I think I, I don't think they got to where they wanted to go with it. I think personally, the whole Tyson experiment with AEW, I don't know if they're still doing something with them, but uh, I think that that I just don't think I think that it fell flat. And I think that the best thing that Tyson did was sell the choke slam uh, of the young boy from uh, Lance Archer at the pay-per-view. And that's that's all they got out of it. So once again, I said it on uh, the Tuesday or the, I don't know why I have a Tuesday special cover because I didn't do one this week, but I said it on the Wrestling Open Forum podcast that uh, I hope they – I wonder if they paid Tyson. I, I know that the whole story behind it is they met in Vegas at Double or Nothing last year. They became friends. Uh, I don't know if they called in a favor. If they did call in a favor, he did it for free. Hey, that's how you do it, boys. That's how you do it. Game strong. If they didn't, then that was uh, not a good investment. And please, to Mike Tyson, don't hear this and get pissed off at me because I'm truly terrified of you. But uh, But, yeah. I'm I'm in agreement with Brad. It, it felt kind of like just kind of like an old school. Uh, I mean, traditionalist will, will hate this analogy, but uh, it felt like an old school uh, studio taping uh, news anchor getting into it to sell some tickets at the local at the local uh, baseball stadium. That's what it felt like, and it just didn't seem real. It seemed like they were acting. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, I don't know. I think they could have done it well, but I don't. I mean, I've been listening to too much Eric Bischoff uh, on the on his podcast, and I don't want to armchair book. Uh, but if uh, I agree with Kevin, I think if uh, Tyson, yeah, Tyson should have knocked Jericho out, and uh, then and then let 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 it play on. I don't know if Jericho was against that because there was no there was no ba- backup plan or there was no plan moving forward if this was just like a one off trying to get uh views on uh trying to get views on ESPN Sports Center if that's still a thing um or just trying I mean there's not a lot going on in the world today so I mean it was it was, it was a good swing I just think they missed um there's once again, like I said, there's not there's not a lot of sports going on in the world. There's not a so if you give ESPN or uh, NBC Sports or any 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 outlet Bleacher Report anything like that, if you give them a reason to cover something, they will cover it and they will hammer it if it's getting views. And I think that if if it was done a little better and didn't look as sloppy, then it would have gotten uh, the pub and the uh, the views that it should have. And it might, hey, I don't know. It might have gotten the views that they were looking for and the publicity they're looking for. So I don't know. It's uh, That's just my opinion on it. And uh, I appreciate the swing. I do. And uh, I, if, if I had the chance with Mike Dyson, I don't, I, don't, I would, uh, there's no way I could let that go without him having some kind of confrontation with someone that just might give him the itch that if if you if you got that for free then maybe you can pay him and him do a match and then you've done something that's never been done before like Mike Tyson's been been an enforcer before he's been uh on on like this the ringside area for a match and gotten in the ring and gotten physically involved but he's never done a wrestling match and he's an athlete i think he's he, don't forget he's he's super in shape now and he wants to box again but Tyson, uh, yeah, Beasley said it best. Tyson is Tyson, and he's gonna have fun, and he's he's a like no like, for lack of a better term, uh, Anthony, uh, he's a beast. And if he wants to get in a wrestling ring and have a wrestling match, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a five star match, but I think it would draw numbers. I think it would draw viewers, and uh, that might and that might be where they're headed. I don't know, but I feel like. Uh, it's kind of like, man, I don't know. It was just sloppy. I I didn't I didn't watch Dynamite live, but I did watch uh, I did watch the the highlight video of it, or not highlight like the recap on social media that has like the whole the whole scenario play out. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think Kevin, I agree. I think that 
he should have knocked somebody out. That's that's what people pay to see. That's what people have paid to see in in Vegas and wherever he wherever he fights uh, all his career is him knocking people out. So why you don't? I don't know if he didn't if he didn't want to. I don't know. I mean, Mike. I, I, when you hear about Mike Tyson, then I'm gonna cut it off after this. When you hear about Mike Tyson and you hear about uh, how when he got out of shape is because nobody had because uh, nobody had uh, like teased his ego or nobody had lit that fire in him again that he once had when he th- when he thought he was invincible and he and he just wrecked everybody and apparently somebody's done that now and maybe he takes himself seriously and he doesn't want to. He's not fighting regularly, so I, maybe he doesn't want to throw a working punch and knock somebody out. And somebody be like, "Oh, well, he can. Of course, he can knock somebody out in wrestling. Can he? But can he knock somebody out for real?" And that you just don't want to deal with that whole that whole media storm of BS that comes with being a professional athlete and doing something in professional wrestling. And immediately the media goes to, "Oh, but that's not real." But it, I don't know. Uh, Brad asked, would you rather take a punch from Tyson or fight Lesnar in a bar fight? Punch from Tyson. I feel like. Mm. Kevin Jordan said, fight Lesnar. If it's a bar fight, I can at least try to get a stool bottle or pull cue. Oh, I'm ta- I'm saying punch from Tyson. You might have like a broken jaw, dislocated jaw. And uh, yeah. I'd rather take that because I feel like Lesnar is just, I feel like getting punched by Tyson is like getting hit by a baseball, like a fast pitch, like, like a major league baseball pitcher hitting you in the chin with a baseball. I feel like uh Lesnar fighting Lesnar in a bar would be like you in a cage with a bear and it could maul you for as long as is needed, or it can knock you out with one, with one shot. I don't know what it's going to do. At least with Tyson, you know that punch is that punch is hitting you, and you're you're gonna wake up next week. So uh, I'm going to be the pussy in this and say that I will take the punch as opposed to being manhandled by the bear that is Brock Lesnar. But uh, yeah, no, I, neither. If that's an option. All right, guys. Topic number two is that we all saw that we all saw that Cody won the TNT title at double or nothing. And, uh, the next episode of dynamite, he announced that the title can be defended by wrestlers, not signed to AEW. Um, I thought about that. I, I read this article, uh, that Brad sent me. I thought about it and, uh, um, I don't know, man. I think I like the idea of it. I really like the idea of it, but you have to look at the reality of the situation. And if, if it were me and I will book this because they haven't done it yet and maybe they can steal a story is, uh, if you're going to push something like that and I feel like AEW guys have a tendency to go on, which I think he did this on TV. So it it might've been planned, but if let's just say it's planned, like this was planned to get some, get some eyes on the title which, by the way, I know it's a prototype, but it's the ugliest title ever uh, underneath the 24-7 title. Uh, but I know like they're supposed to get the full title in the future. But um, let's say it was planned. If it's planned, then you need someone that is not contracted by AEW to win the title next. Because if not, then it's just a, a fluff piece uh, angle that makes you think that somebody from the outside is going to come in. Um, if I had to book it, I'd say Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb's done good business with AEW. Uh, he's under contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling, so uh, he can't sign a contract. Well, I guess he could sign a contract. I think he's an exclu- exclusive contract in – I don't know how it works. Uh, but uh, let let somebody from New Japan – like this i don't know it, this is this could be a way for them to create a working relationship with new japan or ring of honor or uh anyone else that would that would want to do it but uh but i don't know it's uh yeah i think that if 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 they put over someone that is not not contracted uh 
They put over someone that is not contracted by AEW for the title next. Then it was a good move. Uh, believable. It puts over that anything could happen. Um, I, I agree with you, Kevin Jordan. I'd love to see uh, Tanahashi come in and win it. I, I think, I know, like, listen, I don't, like, you read stuff, and I'm not saying it's true or not, but I know that there's bad blood between the Young Bucks and and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And not just because I've, I've helped New Japan Pro Wrestling before, but I just think that that would be a solid business relationship to grow the AEW brand to a worldwide level. And uh, I think the second biggest, uh, you might, you maybe could fight for that England or Europe has the second biggest wrestling population, but I think it's Japan. Um, I don't see why it wouldn't be Japan, but um, yeah, if you could grow that AEW brand to the Japanese audience, uh, man, that's, that's just good business. And to run a successful business, sometimes you got to put personal feelings aside and do what's right for business. So, uh, so yeah, I think, uh, that if you, if you were able to put someone over not contracted after making that statement, you don't have to do it next week. You don't have to do it next month. I let Cody, let Cody, Cody deserves a title run. And, and I I appreciate him taking the secondary title and wanting to build that. I I assume the TNT championship is going to be like the intercontinental championship of AEW because the, like Jericho, uh, man, how can I say this? Jericho had the title first. He's not, I don't, he's not a workhorse champion. He is an entertainment champion. He is a name. He is a name that will, that will get eyes on the product. That's why he was champion. Everybody, anybody in wrestling, that is a business has been on the business side of that understands that concept understands that understands that uh, that thinking and why they did that and I agree hundred percent with it. Um, then like Moxley has it now and Moxley is like a hardcore guy. I mean every match he has is a hardcore match. Every match he's known for in AEW is a hardcore match. So you the you you establish the AEW World Championship as not your workhorse championship. I think that the TNT title, Cody has the wrestling ability to make it a workhorse championship. So the TNT title needs to be your inner, your a la intercontinental title in WWE. It needs to be the, uh, where the best wrestlers in the world come to compete for it. So, uh, I mean, that's just the way I feel, but I think going back to the topic, if, uh, yeah, I think someone, my pick would be Jeff Cobb because once again, it's a new title. You're building, uh, you're building your brand. You don't want to put it on somebody and some shit go down and uh, just give you bad press. Cobb is very, like very trustworthy. Cobb does good business, and Cobb is believable. And that's Cobb, Cobb has been titles have been put on Cobb and Ring of Honor to build those titles, and they did. I still, I still to this day think that the best, I like. I watched. I was eight, lucky enough to go to the Ring of Honor New Japan Madison Square Garden show uh, live, and I still think the best match of that entire card was Cobb and Osprey, and they opened the show outside of the Rumble uh, that aired on the pre-show. Like they actually opened the pay-per-view, and uh, that speaks volumes on a card like that. So. I mean that that that's my take on it. That's who I would book. Um, but yeah, I feel like if you don't do that, then what what you're starting to build a reputation on is that you're making promises just to get people to watch. And I think that the wrestling fan base is smart enough to pick that up quicker than in the past. So I don't know. I like uh, yes, Brian. Very good seats. Thank you, New Japan. But uh, but yeah, I like I like the idea. I I like to believe, and I do think that Cody is that Cody. I like to think that Cody follows through. Um, 
I agree with uh, yes, Hector. I agree. I didn't even think about that. I think Gresham would be great. Uh, would be a great opponent and uh, maybe a great person to take over, uh, take over that title. Uh, and once again, I think that there needs to be like I understand the individuality of AEW and wanting to make your brand. That's why I really don't agree with working with a company like Ring of Honor. Uh, no, nothing against Ring of Honor. I think Ring of Honor is on the upswing. Uh, I think Ring of Honor is doing doing finally on the right track. And I, I, I don't know if that's Marty. I don't know if that's someone else. Uh, but I feel like they're on the upswing. They they were going down, 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 and I feel like they're on the upswing. But that doesn't grow your audience. I think that the if AEW and I'm getting off topic again, if AEW is going to use this platform and this statement by Cody to uh, create a moment, unpredictability, and a partner business partnership with a company that has a more global uh, footprint than they do, I, I think that it should be New Japan Pro Wrestling. And pick of the litter, Will Ospreay. Pick of the litter. Will Ospreay isn't going to be under contract with any U.S. company. He's, he's, he's made it known publicly that he's a New Japan guy, and he's there to build New Japan. Um, I don't think Impact, I, I just don't think anything that is stateside, the <laughs> I, I hear you, Beasley. I, I'd love to see Suge get that opportunity. Would love to see Suge get that opportunity. But um, the, uh, heck, I was just talking, like, which company should AEW do business with, Ring of Honor, Impact, or NWA? I think that they've done such a good job with their individuality from the start, like not doing the show. Like one of the big things that I was upset about was them not doing a show on WrestleMania weekend. Cause I feel like that that's uh, even people, there's still wrestling fans that aren't aware. And I feel like that's a good place, a cheap place from a marketing standpoint to grow your brand. And, uh, uh, but I but I get it. They don't want to be a part of that scene. Um, but I, I think I just feel like Ring of Honor Impact or NWA doesn't help their. I mean, they they got they got a foothold on the American. I mean, they're doing what seven hundred almost a million views on TV. So you got to feel like they're touching the fan base of America, but they they eventually have to think of their global footprint. And uh, I think that. Out of all the companies you can work with outside of WWE, because we know that won't happen, I think New Japan has the biggest footprint outside of WWE uh, on a global scale. So I uh, hope that answers your question. Uh, Brad, Sammy versus Cody would be fun, but I just don't see, like, with I love Sammy to death, but I, I don't know that people that know Sammy, let me see. People, Sammy is one of my good friends, but Sammy, People that don't know Sammy and don't know his passion for what he does often mistake that for unreliability. And that's not true. Sammy, Sammy just has a belief system and he sticks to that belief system. And if, and if somebody like screws up, screws him out of that system or is against his, if somebody presents something that does not fall within his, within his belief system and he tries to make it right and they don't care, then he leaves. And I think, and that's what happens. And I think because of that, people that don't understand the, the situations involved with what the a few places that Sammy has left that it, uh, yeah, it did. It's, it's, that's why I don't think they would pull the trigger on Sammy, but yeah. So, uh, let's see. Jumping. All right, guys. I, I got a few people that jumped on. Uh, you're more than welcome to shoot some topics my way. I got uh, two more to to shoot through. We got about 20 minutes left. I'm gonna shoot through these two real quick because I don't have a ton of information on them. But uh, but yeah. So uh, next subject was the New Japan Pro Wrestling. Good segue. Uh, cuts executive pay to avoid cutting talent. Uh, hey. Kudos. You did what WWE failed to do, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it might have been strategic after they saw the layoffs of the 30-plus people that, that WWE threw out the, threw out the door. Um, 
Yes. All right. Beasley's trying to jump back into the Cody thing. White Mike versus Cody, I'm all for. I would love that opportunity for White Mike. But uh, but yeah, I mean, kudos. There's not much to, to say to it is in the sense of I think that – I feel like I can say this confidently because I've worked with I've worked with the office of New Japan, and I, oh God, I feel like there's a level of respect in J- in Japan for wrestlers that American companies do not possess. Um, and I didn't realize that statement, and I didn't realize the I didn't realize the uh, magnitude of the difference until the Southeast tour we had uh, with New Japan earlier this year. And uh, I don't, I'm not going to get big into details or of what made me realize that or why I realized that or what, what makes me think that the American companies don't have. It's just that uh, in America, the best way I can explain it is in America, wrestlers are treated like wrestlers, uh, like performance artists, uh, entertainers, et cetera, et cetera. In Japan, wrestlers are treated like athletes. That's why they have jumpsuits. That's why they they travel on buses. That's why they show up as a team, including management, including staff. They show up as a team. That's why they leave as a team. It's just, uh, it's, it's an amazing, my time with New Japan, you felt like you were a part even though we were freelance, we freelance with them. Um, you felt like that you were part of the, of a team. And I'm not saying you don't feel like you're a part of a team. If you work for WWE, you don't feel like you're part of a team. If you work for AEW, uh, I'm just saying that you, everything is together. When, uh, you go out after shows or you have a free day, you do it together. You, you're, you're, it's not, let's go to work. And I mean, that might can get misconstrued, but it's like, this is my family. This is my team. Uh, I, there's appreciation for every aspect of the business in their mindsets. And I think like situations like this, where their executives have no problem. I assume they have no problem because, uh, it came out very quick and swiftly that have no problem docking their pay. And this is and this is executives that are some executives. Uh, yes, very cohesive. Thank you, Brian. Um, some of these executives are Bushy Road executives, and that's the company that owns New Japan. Uh, and that's that. That some of them don't even have like a, a part of the New Japan that agreed to take cuts. So just respect, man. Respect, like ultimate respect that you. I mean, in situations like this, I think that you can lean on the situation and say, listen, we can't, can, we can't pay you your contract price. So we're going to let you go. Uh, but then you can find, you, if you're a good business, if you're a good company, you find ways to cut budgets in areas that you can cut them uh, so that you don't send somebody home without a paycheck. And I think ultimately moving out not saying any names, moving out, you see uh, what company appreciates their talent more. And uh, yeah, I'll put that out there. I, I, I feel confident putting that out there into the universe. So uh, last but not least, and then I'm going to shoot to some of your topics if you a-holes ever give me a topic. Um, WWE bans the buckle bomb just so uh, Cross can do it at the NXT pay-per-view. No. WWE bans the buckle bomb after, uh, let me see, after Nia Jax injures Kari Sane with botched whip into steps. So somebody, somebody fill me in on why did they, here, I'm going to pull this article. Why did they ban the buckle bomb? Why was the buckle bomb not banned when it crippled Sting? Uh There was a spot that was messed up on Monday Night Raw. I saw that with Nia Jackson and Kari saying that resulted in Sane getting cut open. The spot in question had Nia Jackson whip Kari. Okay, okay. 
Oh, okay. I guess it's not. It's not a. I don't know. Brad, help me out. Is it? Uh, okay, so Kari Sane got hurt with the buckle bomb. Uh, yeah. So it now the a buckle bomb has uh, separated Finn Balor's shoulder, uh, nearly crippled Sting, and hurt Kari Sane. Uh, the. For I think the bigger picture here is I'm not, I'm not a proponent for people getting fired. What I'm a proponent for is for when people aren't good enough to be on TV, they shouldn't be on TV. They should go back down to training. You have a ton of classes. You have a building. And, uh, oh, she, okay, so she botched the buckle bomb and also botched the whip. Okay, gotcha. I'm with you. I'm with you, Brad. Uh, sorry for the confusion. I read the article and I didn't realize it. So the buckle bomb speaks for itself. You you have three big stars injured. Don't do a move. Don't do like don't do power drivers because people get injured. And the problem the problem with moves like a buckle bomb or a power driver is eventually that move by itself isn't. I don't know why I'm power driving air. But uh, that move isn't enough. So once you wear that move out from a wrestling perspective, it's not enough the next go around. So next, you have to do it on the apron. And then when, when, that, when that isn't enough, you have to do it off the, off the ring to the floor. You have to do it on an exposed floor. When that isn't enough, you have to stand on two chairs and do it through two chairs. When that isn't enough, you got to do it off a ladder through a table. And that's how people get hurt. So uh, yeah, Ban the buckle bomb. That's fine. I understand completely. And it should have been banned before. Next thing is Nia Jax shouldn't be doing shit to anybody. Because is, is Nia Jax not the one? And I don't want this to be just be the shit on Nia Jax show. The is Nia Jax not the one that fussed about Ronda Rousey hurting people? And like hurting Becky or Alexa Bliss. That's what it was. Hurting Alexa Bliss. And Nia Jack's track record is she like destroyed Becky Lynch's face. She has hurt numerous other people and now she's busted someone open on a one of the most simple moves you can do an Irish whip into steps. She either doesn't understand her power or she is under I don't want to make accusations. She's under the impression that – oh, she's mad that Alexa kept getting hurt. Yeah, okay. Um, she's under the impression that who she is and who she's related to uh, gives her a shield of, of punishment. There should be a system in place in wrestling that when someone gets hurt the first time, it can be an accident. Two things can be an accident. That's that's what you, that's what a promoter, a trainer, a producer, a whatever WWE has. That's what you have to look at. That's what you have to evaluate. Uh, could this have been avoided? Was it? There's three questions with every entry. Could it have been avoided? Was it necessary? And was it an accident? Uh, usually, one of those three answer. One of those three questions are answered when when somebody either gets busted open, breaks a bone. Uh, or gets legitimately like almost paralyzed or knocked out or something like that. Uh, that's what I always ask. That's what I, how I always have always evaluated it. Um, and, and there's, I mean, most, most of the time, not all, um, I can give you examples. Uh, let me see. Kate, Kate, Jason K got knocked out from a power bomb on the ladder at the last, uh, at the last, uh, Land of Opportunity in Gastonia. Ethan Case got hurt in the uh, in the the un uh, like the unsanctioned match, not unsanctioned, unsanctioned, like the match with him and Elijah in Gastonia uh, when they exposed the boards. But uh, that that situation, the the Cade situation was an act was just pure accident. Uh, I, there's ladders involved, and and people. Under, you understand that when you book a match like that and there's ladders involved, uh, the, the move was safe. There was nothing. It was just with the whiplash because the ladder was on the ropes and he hit his head. So that's, that's chalked that up to an accident. No one's fault. 
Just something that happens, a part of the job. Uh, Ethan, Ethan, and Elijah went into that match knowing knowing that you might you might crack a rib. You might you're going to take a hard chair shot. You're going to take this uh, big move on on boards. Um, <laughs> Slim Jay gets knocked out all the time. Yeah, Slim. Uh, that's called Slim's crazy. Um, yeah, like Slim. Okay, we'll do a Slim Jay story. Slim Jay uh, almost breaks his ankle doing the slide at another ladder match uh, at Land of Opportunity that was at Cabarrus Arena two years ago, uh, sliding down the chair, sliding down the ladder on the chair. And uh, once again, that could have, could have been avoided. Uh, yes. Was it a, was it just a move? And uh, it was a, made a moment and people went crazy? Yes. It's just, it's, there's different variables. But when, when there's a consistency of one performer hurt, hurting other performers and you always have to ask yourself, well, whose fault was it? Was and, and there's always a question in your mind that it is that talent's fault or that possibly is that talent's fault. Then send her ass back to training at the damn performance center. You have a training facility that she lives next door to. I think she does still. Why, why can you not say, listen, I mean, is she that big of a star that you can't have TV without her? She just came back from like, six or eight months. And I like Nia Jax. I like, I like her gimmick. I like her look. I like that. She's different. I like her power. I like her presentation, but listen, man, you can't, you're eventually you have to realize that you're shortening careers. You're shortening careers with one of two things. You're shortening careers with ignorance or you're shortening careers with, uh, the, like, just not understanding the basics of wrestling and that it's a dance as opposed to you just throwing people around or you punching people in the face. Uh, but yeah, it does. I agree with, I agree with you, Beasley. It, it seems reckless. It's like recklessness. It's, it's like, it's, it's the equivalent of someone who feels like they can get away with anything and uh, just goes out there and beats the shit out of people. I mean, you have Brock Lesnar in your company a legit badass, one of the biggest dudes probably walking the earth from a muscle and size and height and standpoint that takes care of people. I mean, yes, he busts Cena open or Orton open or whoever he busted open with his elbow that was planned. Yes, he suplexes people. How many times you hear Brock Lesnar hurting people outside of The Undertaker just getting knocked out of WrestleMania? Uh, shout out to the uh, the last ride documentary stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if she just because of who she's related to, she has a pass. But if it was me, then you you go back to training to where you're not hurting people. Because once again, it comes down to business, and business says you have people like Kari Sane who can't buy a break, and that's probably one of your top Japanese talents from a female perspective in the company. And you take her out or you get her stitched up. What what if somebody did it? Like if somebody, let's turn the tables. Let's say somebody threw an errant chair or threw an errant elbow and busted Nia Jax open four times in six months. Would, would would she say, listen, something needs to happen to this person? I would. If I hurt three or four people in two years, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with your training. There's something wrong with your understanding of the process. There's something wrong with your ability to understand the power that you possess. I don't know what's going on. I'm not there. It's just my assumption. And do I think Nia Jax needs to be fired because she's reckless? No. I just think she needs to be taught. I think she needs to be uh, re- it needs to be re- reiterated that people do this. This is a job. This isn't uh, people doing this for fun. This isn't a hobby. <coughs> Sorry. This is people paying their mortgages uh, by wrestling and not to mention they've next to kill themselves to get this opportunity. But I, I don't know. That's my take on it. And uh, since, since, let me see. 
Somebody give me a topic. If you don't give me a topic, I have five minutes. What I'm going to talk about is uh, the like I'm going to give WWE props. If anybody has seen, like I just watched the 24 for with for with for uh, blah, blah, blah. I just watched the 24 uh, for Ric Flair on the WrestleMania weekend, and if you could like you could look back at all the 20, it started with the WrestleMania recaps. Uh, I can't remember what year it started, but uh, when they started doing the documentaries, like the the 24 hours or 48 hours before WrestleMania uh, or during WrestleMania weekend, and they put it out like the next year. Like, listen, there is nobody. I'm going to say including like the, like the Vice crew or the Dark Side of the Ring crew, which shout out to them because those episodes, the storytelling in those episodes and the uh, and the amount of studying and knowledge or like learning the what happened in all of these the amount of what's the word I'm looking for I'm getting tired I'm not used to doing these this late um, the amount of time preparation that went into those episodes before they filmed them is insane. And I, they, they win, they take the cake on that, but nobody anywhere in entertainment, maybe, maybe 30 for 30 or E60 tops the documentary style of WWE. Those dudes are on point on freaking point with their stuff. It's, uh, yeah, it's like, next to none. So if I usually don't tell people to get, uh, after you pay nine ninety nine for the high spots wrestling network, uh, I encourage everybody to at least pay nine ninety nine for a month on the WWE network. If you already don't have, if you don't have one already to, uh, to put it to check out these documentaries. Cause if you're a wrestling fan for me, it's because I get to see, finally how WWE does stuff in the background. Also, it humanizes these guys. Like the Undertaker thing, I understand that he waited until he didn't have to live the gimmick anymore, but it humanizes the Undertaker. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Kevin Jordan. Uh, Edge's 24 was insane. Uh, the Undertaker last ride has is so good. <clears throat> Every WrestleMania documentary, like the recap the next year, that they show after or either before or after the WrestleMania has always uh has always been amazing. The R Truth one was so good. Um let me see. Heck says what who's WWE twenty four would you like to see next? Um I'll tell you what would be a good one just because uh I'm gonna throw two out. Um I know they probably didn't do it. Uh, just because it wasn't planned, but the the whole story of Becky Lynch finding out she was pregnant and then deciding to, or like, and then moving moving away and, and handing the title over, I think that 24 would be amazing. Uh, yes, I agree with Brad Wilson. I think that was my next one. God damn you, Brad. V- uh, Vince McMahon. I think a, the day, like a 24, like day in the life of Vince McMahon would be, the ultimate like selling point for their documentaries. But, uh, but yeah, so check them out. Uh, Shane's return would be good. Heck, I love how you guys want to start fucking talking to me when I have to take it home. Nah. Yeah. You see what I did there? See what I did there? So yeah, it's time. I usually a lot, an hour for these bad boys. Thank you for joining me at nine o'clock on a Monday night. Uh, these usually come out on Fridays, every other Friday. So not this coming, not the next Friday, but the next, uh, I don't, let me see what the date is. Um, the reason I pushed it to, to Monday of this week is because last Friday, uh, last week, uh, I wanted, there was, there's a lot of shit going on in the world. And once again, like I said, the first of this podcast or this stream, uh, I've talked about it on my other podcast. I've let my voice be heard. Um, the 19th. Thank you, Brian. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on that like oversees professional wrestling, oversees anything that I do. 
and I wanted the focus to be there and I continue to want the focus to be there. Um, so I encourage everyone, uh, to fight racism, uh, hashtag black, black lives matter, hashtag save black lives. Uh, we have a voice. I feel like we have a responsibility to, uh, stand for our brothers and sisters of color and, uh, to have their back. I have so, so many, so many friends, uh, throughout, like this is a wrestling podcast. I have so many friends in professional wrestling that are black and uh, that I feel like are family that I could almost name all of them like in, in, in almost in the hundreds. And uh, yeah, I, I feel very strongly about this. That That's a consistent message that you're going to get from me. Um, if you don't feel that way, don't watch my shit. I don't want you to watch my shit. Just, figure out your life because you're wrong. And, uh, I don't want to get into a political debate. That's just where I stand. And that's where the people that support me should stand and better stand. Um, uh, on, on a, like a more positive note, as you can see, I'm wearing my Brooklyn's own beast, Chad Gaspard shirt. I encourage everyone. If you, if you, if you have the ability to go to collar and elbow, pick up one of these, the funds go to his family uh, I think like pro wrestling tees has one just find it because uh, I, I never got to meet him. I've heard like ungodly amount of stories about how amazing of a person he was. And I know a ton of people who, uh, who got to meet him and who had experiences with him uh, in and outside of the wrestling ring. And uh, yeah, dude, I, it's, it's a shame when somebody gets taken too early in the wrestling business. It's also a shame when a kid loses a father, uh, people lose best friends, a wife loses a husband. Uh, yeah, it's just a shitty situation. And that goes, that goes back to black lives matter. Like it's, we don't need to stand for people being lost for no reason. And that's what's happening. And, uh, we're releasing, uh, Brian, I'm sorry. I don't have the inform. I do have the information. Uh, we are updating our website tomorrow and, uh, I'll let Brian announce it. Oh, we'll announce it on our, uh, on our page. Uh, we're going to start donating to, uh, local Charlotte, uh, brothers keeper Alliance, uh, uh, local Charlotte, uh, charity or not charity, local Charlotte movement and, uh, a group that, uh, yeah, I won't give out all the details, but just keep an eye on the PWX Facebook page and you'll be able to go to, uh, the PWX page and donate, uh, starting tomorrow, early tomorrow morning. And, uh, yeah, I encourage everyone to go donate. I encourage if you have the ability, stand up, march, uh, put, just be a positive role model. Be a positive, uh, uh, shed positive into a very, very, very negative world right now. And, uh, I don't, I don't have the answer to fix it. I just know what I can do to do my part to fix it. And, uh, yeah. So thank you guys for joining me. I feel like this pot, this episode was 10 times better than the last episode. Uh, I feel like I'm more organized. I'm still, it's still a cluster fuck cause I'm, I got four computer screens in front of me and three cameras around me, but I will get to it. So, uh, once again, next shows on the 19th, check it out. You can listen. If you didn't watch the video and you want just the audio, you can listen on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher radio, all that good stuff. Uh, check out wrestling open forum. We put the new episode out today on our Facebook. It's on replay now. And yeah, you can get mine and Dutch's thoughts on the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, your verbal transitions. Brian, kiss my ass. Uh, but yeah, so thank you guys for hanging with me on a Monday night. Uh, sorry you had to miss a little bit of Monday Night Raw with uh, trainees in the crowd. But uh, hopefully this entertains you. That's what it's all about. That's what I do. And that's what I try to do. And thank you, Brad, again. Uh, check out WrestlingOfInform.com for all of our social media and all of our past episodes. And yeah, so thank you guys. I'm out.